Welcome, everyone. This is Jacqueline Jacks, host of ABA Live Radio. You're listening to Behind the Music. This is the episode where we get to talk to the indie artists from all over the world. They are creating an amazing, amazing amount of content these days. And it's a little bit different scenario being an artist on the internet as well as, you know, upfront, in personal, on stage. But today I'm going to be speaking with Tony Ozo. He is from Melbourne, Florida, and he just released something fresh. Hey, Tony, how are you? Hey, great. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know... Like I said, when we came in, this is, I mean, we're connecting right now through the internet, right? I mean, this is so different than it ever was. You used to have to drive all over the country and do radio tours and, you know, try and get in there to see people. And that's if they would even see you as an indie artist, right? Kickstarting. So today, when you think about being an artist and releasing music, creating something special, and then getting it, you know, into the hands of people, the distribution process alone is so different. How is it for you? What is your take on it? Well, that's really amazing and kind of blows me away how easy it is to distribute and connect to artists from all around the world. I'm, you know, one of the main problems that people had for years was, you know, you kind of had to get in with a record label or a distribution company just to even get your music out there. Right. Or beg someone to get it on the radio, really. For sure. Now now you can just, you know, through many different distribution options, even own most of your royalties, which that's a harder ball game right there, <laughs> and uh, distribute, post things on social media, share it with friends, work with all these different promotion companies that are working with indie artists. It's honestly, there's so much out there, and I'm... I'm new to this game, so I'm I'm really learning, and you know it's you know drinking from a water hose, honestly, at this yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's wonderful because there's so much out there and so much I'm learning and meeting new people on the internet in person, and you know that's a real fun part, isn't it? You know why I started this was kind of like you know I've been sitting on some stuff for years because I've been playing in cover bands and. Oh, is someone going to like it? Is someone not going to like it? You know, I, when I was really young, I put some videos up on YouTube, and I got so much hate. When oh, my gosh, kid, you know, really? I was playing, like, Led Zeppelin and things like that. Yeah. And they'd be like, you shouldn't play that. You don't deserve to play that. Oh. It's, it's, kind of, it's so different now. I hear you on that one for sure. It is. And it's a mixed bag for everyone. You know, sometimes you'll put things out there, and people will love it if it's hitting the right audience. And then as you're maybe... You know, developing your chops or figuring things out, it's its tricky. You kind of like take your life in your own hands when you put things out there fresh and hope that people will like them and at least respect the fact that you're trying and you're trying to learn and develop as an artist, you know? So now that you've done this for a little bit, you know, and, and you're developing your own work, what's the story now? Like, is it fodding its audience? Are you able to? Because a lot of pushback happens just because in the beginning you don't know where your audience is going to come from, right? Yeah, I think I'm in the point of finding who my audience is, really. And and since like my uh, background in music is such a smorgasbord of so many different influences, it's hard to like put it in one genre because like I'm playing alternative funk, rock, pop. You know, even some reggae. In the first few four songs I released, all those 
elements are in there. So it's a little bit of, uh, you know, some, someone might like this because they're big into reggae down here in Florida, but someone might like this other song because they're big into rock and, you know, the friends out in California are playing music really like that one. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's not really regional the way it used to be, you know, that I've seen before where, you know, they used to tell you, well, if you want to make it, you got to be big yeah. in your hometown and be regional. And yeah, they used to. It's so true. Out, right? Yeah. People were saying that even five years ago and, you know, even a couple of years ago, they were still trying to tell artists, well, go local first. And I completely changed my mind as far as doing that because I feel that the way people are actually acting out there. They're not going out as much as they used to. So telling an artist to go out to gig is not going to be the same quality of of building up in the ranks that it is today, especially in smaller towns, you know? So it's definitely better to do it online, (laughs) no doubt. You'll go so much faster. Yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of beginning. My audience is mostly out of town, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, in town here, we're on, a, we're on a big town in Melbourne, Florida, but there is a decent scene, but it's traditionally like a punk post-hardcore scene. And that's you know, another really, thing, right? Exactly yeah. Scene. Yeah, and locally, you don't even know if they're going to be into the kind of music you're making, so it, it definitely stifles your creativity, <laughs> to say the least. Right. The people I've met here are, are great and really nice and... But, you know, it's not exactly my scene yeah. for, for music-wise. So I'm not going to, like you said, go out there and force people like, you have to come to my gigs, let's build this regional act, and they might not like your music here. This is so yeah. true. People in Italy have a lot of that, too, um, in Germany. You know, a lot of the, the smaller European countries, they just don't have a broad music listener. And that we're seeing that so often. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of work with a lot of artists from Italy just because they don't have local support. And it just they found out that, wow, you know, I can go on the Internet and here here's where I'm popular, and this is so much easier. But, you know... I feel like things are moving so quickly away from genres. I was talking to one of the artists the other day, and she just came out with a new piece of work, and she said, it's like hardcore EDM, and I'm like, hardcore? I'm like, when you call it hardcore, is that like a specific subgenre that you're identifying with where I could listen to some more? And she's like, actually, it's from Denmark is where I first heard it. And I was thinking to myself, God, there's just more and more and more little sub-niches, little micro-niches popping up, and you're not necessarily going to be only that. So really, I mean, here, I would never have thought I was a hardcore fan, but I'm a hardcore fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I think genres just don't really matter much anymore. Yeah, for me, if I like—I really do like all music. You know, yeah. People say that all the time, right? Right. Oh, really like, and then you're playing something like death metal, and they're like, oh, I can't, that's not music. Well, in my case, I actually do like all of that, death metal, <laughs> hardcore, <laughs> punk, rap, whatever it is. Yeah. If, if it's a good song, like, you know, so, you know, for me, if it takes you on a ride. Yeah. It's, it's melodic or interesting, you know, rap's a little different, right? Right. Melodic, exactly melodic, but... It's all about, you know, how, how they present it in the rhythm and everything else of, of the delivery and rap. But, yeah, to me, it's, it's true. I think since people like this, 
you know, our generation, I'll just say the millennial generation, because I fall on that, that, that line, is we, we grew up with, we, you know, our parents loving the Beatles and Zeppelin and stuff. And then, you know, maybe we had older brothers or uncles or something that grew up listening to Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And then, you know, metal was getting kind of big at that time. And then there was the whole L.A. scene with, with rap. And there's so many different genres you get into getting exposed to as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then when we start making music, we just we liked all that stuff. So we all shut it together. You're educated, yeah. <laughs> it's so happens. true. Like, you do. Like, you go back. You know, yeah. Led Zeppelin cover band, and that's it. You know, we we can be Led Zeppelin and then have rap in the song too. Whatever. You know? In a way, so I kind of think. Like that. In a way, I kind of think genres are more about marketing. You know, when you look at Spotify, you're like, what do I want to listen to today? And then maybe you'll go into either some of the mood boards, you know, the mood playlists or the genre specific playlists. But ultimately, I don't think many people will stay in the main genre playlist because it's become so broad. And the more micro niche you you select in a playlist, the more you identify, you know, more of the music that you enjoy. So I feel like marketing-wise, it's good to figure out how micro-niched a piece is, but then it goes back to just marketing one single for an artist, and that's the easiest road to find the audience for it, you know? Because then if you hit on the micro-genre, you know almost everybody in that genre that's listening to that like little micro-niche is going to like the the music. You have like a 99.9% chance they're going to love it, <laughs> right? Right, if you really can find your fans and in that genre absolutely yeah for sure that's the, that's yeah. the key right there it is yeah. you just get rabid fans but then you're trapped because then you're like okay they want more of this <laughs> i gotta I'll, keep making I'll, this I'll, I'll give you a story of when i was i, I had a original band in college and we were we did pretty well and we were getting interest from from labels and stuff like that and they were really like we we had more of a interesting sound and we we kind of the same idea I'm talking about now. I was writing the music then for that band as well. And I really was like trying to do different genres. And Atlantic Records was like, you know, you really need to be, you know, your singer sounds like the Black Keys. You really need to sound like that and just focus on your songs like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so it's not only, you know, marketing. It's it's kind of like if, if some of these artists get signed by labels and stuff like that, and they're kind of forced to have to go into one spot. That's because I guess you're right. It is part of the marketing. That's how the labels kind of see it. Like, yeah, they want you to focus. It's so true. Yeah. Well, you know. We know, we know this one thing works, so we're just going to rinse and repeat. It's absolutely, repeat, so yeah, it's product. That is so, so true. It gets down to like the basic products. Like if you're a kitchen product manufacturer you're not going to manufacture other things without like kind of diluting the sales and the audience right so like for artists unfortunately once you get marketed a certain way you have to like feed that audience otherwise they might not travel with you you know what i mean right right mm-hmm. yeah you gotta think about stuff like that <laughs> there's i have it's, some it's, artists that so actually goes into the equation <laughs> i have some artists that set up like um maybe they started out being a dj and then they started doing original music and they actually have profiles for just their djing and profiles for 
different album releases. And, you know, on Instagram, that actually works out, right? You could have one main website that does showcase everything, but then you can have social feeds that just focus on that one genre and bringing people into that one album and keep recycling that album over and over again for distribution just to that genre, you know? So it kind of speaks to not moving on before you saturate one micro niche with one body of work. But it's still, it requires focus, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really have to think about what you're writing and how everything's going to blend together. Yeah, you could. I mean, I'm I'm of the school of thought, let the artist be the artist, and then, you know, figure out what it is you want to move forward marketing, and then just, you know, market that, and then move move into other, like, what's the new work going to be like, and then deal with it, you know, and figure it out. And, and that way, as you're developing your chops as an artist, before you reach that pinnacle for which you'll rise, maybe there's going to be an area that you're going to like most and that you're going to be okay staying in for a little while, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm letting myself to just write freely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like and, and create, and yeah, for sure, for sure. Just, tell me about, tell me about this body of work. Tell me where this lies for you. You have this single that we're going to play for everybody called "Without You," and how does that fit into your musical, you know, scale? The the full scope right now. So this current song is really goes reflects on how. I really like and use all different genres in my music. So this is a alternative slash funk slash rock slash pop song. <laughs> where, That's great. Where actually the the bass is the lead instrument in the song, and you'll see that actually in a lot of my music. You know, other singles that I've released, such as Tucked Away, was also a lead bass line in the song. That was more of a reggae style song. However. You know, I, I really like how bass drives music, and I do have guitar-driven songs, too, so I'm not going to, you know, shred on guitars, <laughs> but <laughs> the, you know, my point is, you know, I, I, I think every instrument has a place to play and a place to be a highlight, and if every instrument isn't being demonstrated or really focused in the, in the song itself then it can be kind of like hidden and it's in the background and it's on the back burner and it isn't really adding to the song. So I, I really try to make that, and this is a good good example of a song where all the instruments really complement and really play off each other. Yeah, so that's good. What, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do with, with every song that I write is I try to build a, a, a nice roller coaster of, of emotions as in, and a nice verse goes into a chorus that is hummable, repeatable, and memorable. And that's, I'm really trying to get, get you the hook to something that, that I will stick and, and resonate with you. Mm-hmm. And then I bring you to a bridge later in, in, the, in the song that breaks down the mood and then brings the energy back towards the end. And that type of song arrangement and structure is something I'm really trying to focus on. And I see a lot of artists now, unfortunately, play two chord songs where there is no dynamics. Mm-hmm. As in, the song's the same two chords, it's loud the entire time. There's never like 
brings you up and down. I'm really trying to not get stuck there. Right. And when I first started writing music, I was kind of in that that aspect where I had a good, great chord progression, and I wanted to just stick on it. Yeah. Like, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And it's really hard to, like, get off that chord progression. And I'm really, really trying to make myself, you know, evolve Stretch. as a songwriter, evolve as an arranger and producer. Right, yeah. And make things interesting, different chord progressions, things people haven't heard in a while. I think it's important, you know, you you can't... It's not something you'd be, like, shocked by either, right? I know you don't want to go there. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's important as an artist. You know, I I mean, I've been an artist my whole life, and I never wanted to feel... um, I I never wanted to put myself to sleep, right? Like, I'll create something, and at that moment, I'm inspired by it. But then you have to move forward, and you have to constantly be growing and challenging yourself. And you, you you should know also that people want to see that from you. They don't just really want to see the same thing over and over again, even though they, like we talked about earlier, they might be part of a certain micro niche that um, they would love to see you produce in, but still, you still have to stretch your boundaries and, and constantly be evolving and getting better and, you know, more educated. And I always say, like, when you create, there's there's a level of bravery and confidence that have to be mixed in there. Because when you start, it might not be great, but then when you finish, if you believe in the process, it's going to come out good. You know, you're, you're going to be better for having gone that journey. And I think that is where everything is, is most important mixed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think there's that factor of when you first write something down or record it and you're like, is this really any good? Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> right? Or, 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 or you might actually be the other way, right? You might like, this is great. <laughs> when you first, first play it. And I'm, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Where oh, me I too. <laughs> but, you know, and then you I just, walk away from it and bring it to someone else and have them listen to it. And they're like, you know, I really like that one a lot. And the one that I liked a lot, I really don't like that at all. Yeah, that <laughs> happens all so, the time, right? It's really hard to get, judge your own music. Yeah. Really, really hard. Yeah. Or you go to sleep yeah. at night thinking, wow, I really want to post this, but I'll do it in the morning. And you get up and you're like, ooh, I'm so glad I didn't post that. What was I thinking? <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah. You can't, you, I have to sleep on it, walk away. Yeah, back. it's really good. It's a good rule. I like it or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had some, it's not always like a really quick thing. I mean, it, it can be like weeks. I'm sitting there like, mm. you know, I, I'm, I'm consistently writing now and I've, I'm working on like five or six songs at the time. And it's kind of funny because I sit here and I'm like, oh, I really like this one today and then tomorrow I like the other one better. Mm-hmm. And then so today I'm like, well, you know, if I took the bridge from this song and moved into this other song, and that's going to be really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, stealing from yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you have to know when to do that. And, you know, actually the song I wrote right now, the, the bridge part was in a different song. And I was like, you know what? If I bring this bridge here, it really bring, breaks up the song nicely. Yeah. And, and I, I, I went and did that quick, you know, put it in there, listen to it a few times, and I'm like, yes, all right, no more stealing. <laughs> That's <laughs> the first time. Hey, I've done that. I mean, I create a lot of um, 
right now for projects, you know, I have a lot of art projects going on and I had to create my own music for the back. And I thought, well, I don't want to put too much time into it, but let's put some stuff together, which is, you know, probably going to end up being an album because people end up liking it, but you have to steal pieces of it because like you kind of go off on tangents sometimes when you're creating and you got to reel yourself back in. And like, like you said, there'll be pieces sometimes that will fit better in other songs or other pieces of music. But isn't that part of like creating? It's kind of part of the process. Yeah, I mean, I actually have like a, a vocal recorder that you I do. carry around pretty much everywhere. Really? And, yeah, I love and it. Good. I, yeah. I'm always like, you know, humming stuff or I'm like, or a guitar riff comes in my head or whatever. You don't, yeah, you don't. I probably, I probably have like 500 different riffs <laughs> just sitting there. That's good. You'll remember that. <laughs> there's something to happen with it, you know. I think the worst thing is like not having a way to record in the shower because if you've ever gotten the shower, water just water is a well-known instigator of creativity. And the worst thing is you get into the water in the pool, in the ocean, in the shower, or you know even in like any kind of scenario where there's water and there's never recording devices available and you never remember after you're done. It's it's the classic singing in the shower thing. Oh, absolutely. The acoustics are great, you know. Yep, it is. Nothing else to do away. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny you mention that because I've actually had a a recorder on the side of it. You have? Yeah, it's the best. They should make that. That should actually be part of the... The songwriter's I toolkit. Play music with, and he would be like, he would actually play music in the shower, and he'd put his like, you know, then and then he'd get inspired. He would actually have his like plastic on his phone, so <laughs> he couldn't play it wet. And if he felt like he had to record something, like while he was in there, he he he'd, you know quickly be able to do it. You know. Yeah. It's just, right. It's That's funny. funny. That he, you had that kind of story, and he would actually do. You know, have a stone with this plastic case that's waterproof. And- it's real. It's I swear there's hits that have not come to pass because they are lost in the shower, trapped in that room forever. <laughs> yeah, so that is absolutely the worst. Is when you, you know you got something and you can't record it. So you're like, please remember, please remember, please remember. And you don't remember it. Yeah, never do. <laughs> it's great. All right. Well, introduce your song to us. I want everybody to hear without you. And uh, thanks for joining me here today. This was cool. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. You're welcome, Tony. The song Without You is a reflection or realization of when I had fallen into my love with my wife. Love to me is the moment you didn't want to spend another minute of your life without that special someone. And this song's lyrics are about me realizing that. And it's really a love letter to her.
to break through. 